G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, water, water, water. The three waters. Uh, remember that? Remember that when we used to have news? No? Oh, I'll try and remind you shortly. Uh, who should be allowed access to our QR code info? Uh, Mike says something weird about uh, the Charles Charity story from the UK. And uh, casual wear. The, the influx of casual wear. Is Mike for or against? We'll find out at the end of the podcast. At the beginning of the podcast, though, is, have we run into a bit of a testing problem? Part of the government's current problem around Level 4 in Auckland is testing, of course, or lack of it. Even if you have a runny nose, they're saying. Even if you have a runny nose, go get tested. That's the current plea from everyone from Adern to Robertson to Hipkins to Bloomfield. Such is our obsession with knowing everything, even if it isn't there. We want you to test, test, and then test some more. Could testing be down because essentially the outbreak's roughly contained? Could testing be down because there's actually nothing to test for? And the lack of testing is not actually a concern, but a good thing, given one of the known outworkings, of course, of locking everyone up for weeks on end as transmissible diseases tend not to be as, well, transmissible. Did we not learn this recently as increasing numbers of RSV patients ended up in hospital, some tragically dying because resistance to certain diseases had fallen due to the lack of exposure and build-up of resistance? As far as their testing obsession goes, could it be you can't find what isn't there? Secondly, would it be about a thousand times easier if they'd rolled out quick fire or rapid tests, PCR tests, self-testing, the way they have in most countries that have their act together on this, the entire apparatus we operate is built around two key faults. One, the state needs to run it all, and two, the state that wants to run it all isn't actually that good at running anything. Testing has taken an age because they didn't hire contact tracers in the numbers required. When they did, they got overwhelmed, as did the labs. So they run a singular form of testing, a massive swab stuck up your nose that's invasive, slow and cumbersome. There are alternatives. Saliva testing, they will tell you when asked, is being rolled out. But where's it being rolled out? Everywhere? (laughs) Not even close. Slowly and minutely at the border despite the various reports that told them to get on with it at least a year ago. Imagine the information you could have had this outbreak and the reassurance they could have had if they'd had swab testing, PCR testing, self-testing with follow-ups. Would they still be asking for more testing if they had a less overarching communist-type approach to it all? And for the bigger picture, when the next outbreak arrives, assuming this one is controlled, will they have learned the lesson and improved the way they do things? Oh, well, I don't understand why they don't have that thing yet. You know that movie Gattaca? Have you seen that movie Gattaca? Where every time somebody went to work, like they'd have to stick their finger in the machine and it would do a, 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 a test. A, and it would, you know, just to make sure that they are who they say they are and... And everybody knew what their chances of dying of heart disease and cancer and any, everything else. It was all sorted for them. Why don't we have that thing? What do you mean it's impossible? Hey, um, now, the water in Northland. Do you remember this story at all? No? Michael, remind you. I've got a prediction for you away from COVID. Remember stuff away from COVID? This is the government three waters plan. It's eventually going to prove to be a bust. The bribery's already on. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Not that the idea isn't worth some consideration. Of course, the theory being our systems are underfunded, some are dangerous, we don't have the dough locally to sort it out, and in many cases over the years, councils have favoured headline-grabbing ribbon-cutting activity over hardcore infrastructure. But the fatal flaw in the idea is, one, many councils who have invested heavily and done the right thing are never handing over their good work, and two, even if they haven't invested heavily, they still aren't handing over their power because of its water today, what's next? And that's a slippery slope, and people who treasure their fiefdoms 
don't relinquish their authority for funds. So already the Far North District Council, of course, have voted to reject the offer. The offer, by the way, if you forgot, came with a $250 million bribe from the government to grease the pathway, and that's not all. So with one council out and many more not exactly enamoured, you can see where this is basically heading, and where it's heading is towards compulsion. It's essentially the same as the health sector reform, with the critical difference being that the government started off being in charge of the DHBs, so getting rid of them was no big deal. The government doesn't run councils, so that form of centralisation was always going to be a fight. Of course, they might be hoping the vast majority of councils support the idea and would then put pressure on the outliers, but that won't happen. And when it doesn't, the heavy hand of Nanaya Mahuta will be shown, uh, the C-word as in compulsion, will be used, at which point the relationship will get angsty, if not angry, and an all-out war will be declared. And although that fight may go on for a while, ultimately the government is going to lose this, either by admitting admitting defeat and seeing it all as a bit too hard, or by the next election, because one, they will most likely lose that anyway, or alternatively, going into the election, the fight will have dragged on so long, it will be yet another one of those grand ideas that this lot had that so many of the other things never quite got off the ground. Either way, three waters, right or wrong, revolutionary or over-centralised, will not see the light of day, and the far north vote was the beginning, basically, of the end. The end of what? I'm assuming he means the three waters scheme, and not of... Everything? Or the government? Or of Northland? I'll um, get back to you on that one. In the meantime, uh, how much info are we prepared to share with the authorities? This comes up time and again, doesn't it? Because, of course, now they've got a new uh, stream of info they can access. Or can they? This is something to think about as well. Most of the world, I suppose the advantage of being so damn slow at everything is most of the world leads the way. They've got a big debate on in Australia at the moment about QR coding and whether or not police can get access to it when it comes to crime. The answer is, of course, they can't, but there are problems. Queensland police gained access uh, in June through a search warrant after a theft of a police-issued firearm. Western Australian police have used its data twice without a warrant. Victorian police have tried, uh, but have been rebuffed on three separate occasions. South Australia, Northern Territory, the only jurisdictions in the country which have specifically ruled out the use of QR coding data to be given to the police. So what's our stance here? Do you know? I bet you don't. And furthermore, I don't think anyone's decided what the rules are. I mean, in the wake of yesterday's... Uh, discussion on certainly on News Talks UB anyway, uh, with people demanding that there's some kind of pre crime flying squad that can arrest people for um, considering doing terrorism before they've done it. Surely people would be in favour of uh, just when you download the QR app on your phone agreeing to let all the authorities have all the information on it and and prob- probably even just a, a live feed from your phone's camera 24-7. Go for it. No problem with that, right? Right? Hey, um, I don't always understand what Mike's talking about, but see if you can spot the problem in, the, the, in this coverage of the Charles Charity scandal. I don't know how much trouble... Well, certainly Michael Fawcett's in a pile of trouble. He's the uh, the former royal valet for um, Prince Charles, but I don't know how much trouble Prince Charles is in the ex-Liberal Democrat MP Norman Baker. He's written to uh, Cressida Dick, who's the, um, the head of the police, of course, to launch a criminal probe into this. So Baker's the author of a book about the royal family finances entitled And What Do You Do? Uh, there appears, he says, to be a prima facie evidence 
that an offence was committed under the 1925 Honours Prevention of Abuses Act needs to be investigated. It says the history of him in Fawcett is that when things go pear-shaped, Charles disappears into the background, pretends he doesn't know the bloke, and Michael falls on his sword, and then when a decent period of time has elapsed, he gets back in with nobody else looking. This is this letter that got leaked on Sunday, the mail on Sunday. And they were offering uh, some bloke from Saudi Arabia a uh, boost from the CBE to the KBE and a support for uh, citizenship because he was very generous with the money. Yeah, so did you hear it? It was right right, right at the beginning. Yeah, maybe you didn't notice. I'll, I'll play it again. The former royal valet for um, Prince Charles. Yep, I don't know what a valet is either. The former royal valet. Um, I just, I decided to let him off with that. That was just a slip of the tongue and he doesn't genuinely think that's how you pronounce valet but um it's funny if it was and and michael our, our executive producer said you've got to go on air and, and correct him and i'm inclined to think no if he does think that's how you say valet let him keep saying valet i reckon and let's hope this story continues and every time he says valet and we'll see how many times we can get him saying valet that's more fun don't you, you think that's more fun what is wrong with you glenn zb just get on and play this thing about what we wear to work these days. Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. As the northern southern uh, summer comes to an end, the kids go back to school and people return to the office. We had a great debate now. We got, got the debate for the officers. Do you need to dress smart for work or can you get away with dressing down? So a survey, 33% want to ditch dress codes when they head back to the office, which is a good sign. It means the majority don't. On the tally, they were canvassing this in Britain. Businesswoman Joanna Jacques is horrified. Everybody realises that there's a, a difference between your professional life and your personal life. And for me personally, I don't want to see my MP doing uh, PMQs looking like they just nip into the shop. Uh, I think there needs to be a clear distinction. You don't act the same as you do in your personal life when you're at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that there should be a separation in that sense, and it's a sign of respect to dress well for work. I like the cut of her jib. Michaela Wayne, though, she runs her own marketing agency. She loves the cash. I like to be comfortable, and I allow everybody who works for us to wear whatever they choose to wear. So some people choose to wear a suit because they feel like, Joanna said, they switch up from the personal life. There's this clear definition, but the majority of people want to be comfortable and wear jeans or chinos or trap suits. And as long as they're looking clean and tidy, then that's fine with me. Ah, love a chino. Uh, online, sloppy dress, sloppy attitude, sloppy work. Too many standards are being lowered these days. This leads to a lack of respect. Let's raise our standards. Can't argue with that. Uh, and yet, like, literally the guy who's saying that, that he couldn't argue with that, as he said it, he's sitting there in a black T-shirt. And he wears a black T-shirt to work every day. Uh, just a black T-shirt. I mean, probably an expensive black T-shirt. It looks the same as my black T-shirts. You know, it's me. I'm Claire ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap, and we'll be back with more fashion advice tomorrow, probably. See you then.